0: Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman. With this, me this week is Joe Lupton. There is a lot to go through here, uh, and I think we'll start with a global economy which seems to be sending some pretty significant signals on the inflation front um, that may feed back to central banks. So it already has to some degree, but I think the interesting question is, how much further does that have to run? So let, let's just start for a moment on inflation. You know, we came into this quarter thinking we would get broadly lower inflation, but largely because of energy prices and core inflation would stay stable. We're clearly being surprised to the upside. What's going on, Joe? How is it that our (laughs) forecast is not turning out to be? Come on.
1: on. How is that possible? You know, look, I I think we went through uh, all of last year with a sense of that there was more noise there was some signal, but a lot of it was noise. And that got translated into a kind of a fancy word called transitory. Uh, And the transitory word got excised as we moved through the turn of the year. And that led central banks to kind of start to move uh, a bit more. But I think now that we look at the inflation numbers, it's not just that it's, it's, you know, it's not transitory. It's that there's actually a lot more potentially signal in in this, and it's telling us that the the tightness in labor markets, the the kind of the the, the signal coming from where we think output gaps are, the full recoveries, that these things are tra- translating into meaningful kind of um, uh, kind of relative shifts demand supply that's driving an inflation process. I mean that, that's all kind of a wonky way of just saying this is not just not transitory, but real signal that it's time for central banks to be to be moving here, that we're much further along in the cycle than we probably had had thought. So that's that's what I take from these ongoing upside surprises in inflation that importantly, as you as you point out, is is very broad based in nature, right? It's not just kind of single, single uh you know, it's food here or energy here. It's everything that's kind of moving Yeah, on. and I think
0: it's important to realize that it's it's broad, it turns on things that don't seem to be that closely connected to the pandemic and may be influenced by the the more temporary natures of the volatility on prices there. And it's happening pretty much everywhere. I mean, China and Japan are the notable exceptions, but um, outside of those two countries, it doesn't really matter whether your recovery is uh, slower or. Uh, more advanced, you're seeing uh, the price pressures uh, build up. So it does feel, it feels global. It, as you say, it feels more like the fundamental uh, gap that we've been talking about between um, very strong demand and tight supply is causing problems here. Um, and therefore, it doesn't seem that it's going to go away uh, quickly and certainly not completely.
1: Uh, I mean, there is a question, right? Like, you know, are, are we just getting the timing Wrong. I mean, I we we've always said that embrace the till, right? Inflation's moving higher. We we we. It, I mean, higher from pre-pandemic levels, right? Uh, inflation also is 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 going to come off the super hot levels that we are seeing around the turn of the year. Um, that you know, I feel pretty safe saying that. Uh, it's just a matter of where is it going to fall to? How low is it? Gonna get, and in, in other words, how much higher than pre-pandemic levels is it gonna be? And like, are, are you feeling like that? Embrace the tilt is now running a little stronger than 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 what you thought. And let me put no, a number on that. Right, we had said inflation, when the dust settles, is gonna end about a half a percentage point stronger than where we were from before the pandemic. I would argue, if that were right, that would be something central banks would not only accept but 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 be encouraged by because let's not forget that there was a strong desire for reflation right reflation was the word of the last expansion can't we get more reflation well they've gotten that in spades the question is is a half a percentage point going to be where we're at or now are you thinking maybe it's more a percentage point two percentage point or is it just a process that's moving up and we can't let this thing get away from us well let's
0: just say first off as As you're noting our view was that we would have a a reflationary tilt and we'd say we were saying basically at least a half a percent higher to what we were before that by itself was going to require central banks to do a lot particularly given where their starting point was in terms of super accommodative stances Um, but i do think if you look at the data flow and it's not one thing here i think it's two things it's the combination of what we see in the actual inflation number in terms of the breadth and as you're correct to point out it's very hard I think to distinguish between the pandemic related noise and the trend. but if you look at that data and you look at what's happening in labor markets where pretty much everybody is back to pre-pandemic levels some countries are sitting at you know lows that are, are getting into historic uh, positions as well. It's those two things together. And uh, I, I do think as we consider the, the March meetings, it's important to realize we do have this growth slowdown in, in Q1. We've, we've harped around that quite a bit, and that's not going away. We do still see Q1 growth being quite slow. There's every reason for central banks, especially given that their inflation expectations, measures, and markets are still not under threat, to give this a little bit of time. But I I guess the added element that I think is really important in in the forecast is we think we're going to bounce off this. So given where we're starting from, if you get the bounce that we're expecting, I'm pretty sure not only are we going to have tighter labor markets six months from now, but that is going to combine with forces that are going to say, hey, inflation is running somewhat higher than uh, where we uh, had been thinking it was, even with our reflationary. Uh, tilt. So the the bottom line here is that I do think the news is consistent with things running hotter on inflation, and I think the key right now is whether we're broadly right that that's going to combine with a fairly strong global growth picture once we get past this first quarter Omicron drag.
1: Yeah, just a small point, and then a kind of a bigger point. a small point on the near term. You point out, like, well, March meetings are coming up, but we're going to have this week first quarter. I, I actually think that's even less of an issue because the monthly flow, if we're right, is going to start turning by the data flow they're looking at in March, right? If we're right on, on Q2, which we think is a boomy quarter, 5.5% global GDP growth, right? Things are bouncing back to your point, but you should start to see that in the monthly data and we won't go into it today but you can see some omicron is clearly fading already and we are looking for a strong bounce back in consumer spending next week so in a sense you will be set up for that beginning in march that's the small point the bigger point that i just want to make bruce is is that you know part one of the things that was not really talked about when the fed did this regime change which was going to keep them on hold for longer to kind of run a hotter economy was that if you start later, you may have to go more quickly once you do start going, right? And we we kind of lost sight of that, but now that's come back in spades as people are starting to talk back, talk about fifty basis points uh, per meeting, uh, and and I would argue, as we were talking earlier this morning, that you know, in some sense, if you look at 2008 global financial crisis being recession driven by a kind of a financial shock. You look at the pandemic recession being driven by an external pandemic shock. We may be setting ourselves up or the Fed really has to induce a recession, right? That it, that a Fed would need. This may be the, the odds that are the highest we've seen in 20 years that we get a good old traditional Fed cycle to put the brakes on. Uh, and that may come sooner than currently what what we're expecting and rates need to really put that in to actually move above neutral. So, uh, you know, I, these are the the types of things that I think are are, are shifting in our minds as we kind of track this uh, the the signal that we're we're reading in the inflation news. Well, having said that, I think as we look towards March and
0: um, the debate on the Fed is turned towards twenty five or fifty, and I think there is a definitely a chance they could go for 50. I think they're still more inclined to signal that they're going to be moving 25 a meeting. And I think similarly, uh, an ECB that had a really surprising inflation report in January and now has unemployment rates uh, below their EMU, EMU history uh, is still inclined, I think, uh, to say, hey, we will open the door for rate hikes this year, but we're not going to walk through it, at least through the, the middle part of the year. Uh, So I think that leaves us with a a March set of meetings where nobody does anything particularly aggressive. I think the point that things get interesting is once you get past the first quarter and you're starting to realize not only is growth running strong, but these uh, pressures on labor markets and these pressures on inflation are staying in place. And I think it's at that point it is going to be a hawkish tilt that we've had so far, really not giving you the full shift until we get to that point where there's a recognition growth is running at a point that's going to be sustained here, and you actually do need to generate um, uh, not only slower growth but weaker growth. And And that, I think, again, is still a few months away, and it does require our forecast to be right that we get that bounce. Uh, there's a lot of risks here that we don't want to ignore, and that's one of the things I think that also stays on central banks' minds. We have the Russia conflict and oil market still a, a concern. Uh, we obviously have Omicron. And as you pointed out up front, Joe, um, we may be feeling better about what's happening in the U.S. and Western Europe, but we're not through this, uh, certainly as Asia's continuing to see um, the, the case counts go up. Uh, but I think the point you made, I, I probably would be a little bit I think it's a little bit premature to talk about central banks causing recessions, but I think it's not premature to talk about central banks in a synchronized way, having to recognize that they not they don't just need to normalize, but they may need to put restrictive stance in place. And that what's important about that beyond that that signal is also that nowhere do the markets actually have a central bank going into a, a restrictive. I shouldn't say nowhere. Nowhere in the developed market economies, the central banks. But Bruce, price, I, I, I,
1: yeah, I I, mean, I know we're, we're going a little long here, but I, I feel like that, that way of framing it kind of pulls your punches a little bit. I mean, I, you and I are, are really on the same page in all this, but I just feel like if you're trying to say that you need to slow things down, right, the, the Fed needs to kind of move into restrictive territory, you really need to start to see the unemployment rate move back up right? If you want to believe there's some type of kind of slowing that needs to take place to get inflation back down, and we believe the inflation we're seeing is this kind of movement along the Phillips curve, then you need a rising unemployment rate. And I don't know if we've seen a Fed engineer a slowly rising unemployment rate that didn't involve some type of recession. Well, I think,
0: yeah, you can draw that, that, um, that implication. The question, I think, is going to be as the Fed moves towards the restrictive stance, what does the economy look like? What does the inflation process look like? And the real question is, how quickly do they have to do that? If they can, you know, generate an environment and we get a little bit of luck here, uh, and they tolerate inflation, you know, c- closer to three percent, maybe we can run this thing for another three, four, five years before we get there. But as you're pointing out, maybe we can't, and maybe that the news that we're seeing now is telling us that the time frame is quite a bit shorter. And I think that is the message here, is that we're now debating something which I think people would not have thought have has a real merit in debating, perhaps even as recently as three or six months ago. So the, the terms are shifting. I think the point we'd make is we're not going to see that reflected in the March meetings which are coming up. But I think all you need to see to get this back front and center Is the strong growth the rest of the stuff will follow it and that therefore becomes the key in our forecast are we right that we're going to be growing at a way above trend growth in the global economy in the middle two quarters of the year and we have actually gone way beyond here so I think we'll end on that note plenty of interesting stuff to talk about and uh, hope we can continue the conversation
1: next week on JP Morgan TV